When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for the third time in franchise history. They lift the Stanley Cup trophy, winning in four uh, four games to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And let's just start off with Tampa um, because it was quite the run. 11 consecutive playoff series, back-to-back cups, three straight Stanley Cup final appearances, just an amazing run, it really was. In the last podcast that I did, I really got on John Cooper for the way that he conducted himself uh, after uh, the loss in Game 4. Um, but he's still a class act and has done a tremendous job. I thought after the game, the way he gathered all of his assistants behind him and said, listen, you know me, you see my face on television, you talk to me after games, here's a lot of the guys that have made it happen over the last few years. I thought that was great. And one of the reasons I got on John as much as I did um, after Game 4 was because it's just not him. He's a classy guy. He's a great coach. And and you really can't, I guess, get too crazy about like how it affected the team because they went out and won Game 5 in Denver, right? So they extended the series to Game 6, brought it back to Tampa, played a hell of a game last night. So from a strategic standpoint, I didn't think it was great to be almost in tears as if the series was over when it was still alive, but his team rebounded they responded and they won and they extended the series so I guess it really didn't affect them that much the better team won this series and I think Tampa would be the first to admit that Um, they just got a dose and I think there's Ranger fans and Islander fans that can appreciate this watching the way game six ended because that's the way Tampa ended the Islander season the last couple of years ended the Rangers season back in 2015 and to a certain extent uh, in the conference final this year where they got a dose of what it's like to be behind in the third period against a really good hockey team because they just didn't have any hope Uh, a one goal game felt like they were down 10 you know the lightning muster this is a team going into the third period two-time defending Stanley Cup champions came back from two nothing down against the Rangers Faced elimination against Toronto. Faced elimination in Game 5 in Denver. Down a goal in the third period in Game 6 and had four shots on goal. And I'm sure every Islander fan listening to this, Ranger fan listening to this, say, yeah, we know what that's like because Tampa did it to us while Tampa got it done to them by the Avalanche. And Colorado, as we shift gears to them and the the, uh, champions, is that they prove to you that they can play defense that they can't protect their goaltender. Because I still believe that you know Darcy Kemper is a good goaltender. But he's going to join the long list of goaltenders that you'll say, he's got a cup, and Henrik Lundqvist doesn't? You know, like that kind of, like, really? Like, oh, there's like so many great goaltenders out there, and, you know, Eddie Jockman never won a cup? Really? Like, you know, and and, and yet you you see Kemper joins that list of, you know, Nikolai Javibulin and, and Campbell and um, Niemi as you know goaltenders, they're good goaltenders. I mean, and Chris Osgood to a certain extent too. They just benefited from being on a really, really good team. But give him credit; and he made the saves when he needed to make them, and they win the Stanley Cup. And he's got a ring, and he deserves it. But 
they really clamped down, and this is one heck of an offensive team that I think realized, and maybe didn't realize it over the previous few years when they got bounced in the second round, of what it takes to finally win the championship. And offense is great, and scoring goals is obviously the key, but preventing them is probably even bigger. And they learned that as this playoff run uh, came to fruition. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jared Bednar. I thought ABC did a great job of talking about his journey through all of the trials and tribulations to finally become the head coach and what they went through the last few years trying to learn how to get there. We talk about it a lot, learning how to win a championship and then it finally coming to fruition. Sometimes it doesn't. But it did for Jared Bednar. It did for Joe Sackick, who did a great job as the general manager. Gabriel Landeskog, that was a part of this team when they were one of the worst teams in the NHL, the worst team in the NHL five years ago. And to build up to be a Stanley Cup champion with good young players. Uh, Kel McCarr, who is just an absolute stud, the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. And that was proven with the Norris Trophy. No offense to Adam Fox. I mean, they're going to go neck and neck. That could be quite the rivalry between the two conferences. But now he's got the Stanley Cup. He's got a Conn Smythe trophy to his ledger, and deservedly so. And Nathan McKinnon um, and what he did and what he contributed, not just in the game but in the run. Um, so many great transactions uh, that Joe Sackick pulled off, not just this year but in years past, to be able to build this team up. You feel good for Eric Johnson, who'd been in this league forever. Had the longest tender Denver athlete, um, having been there for 12 seasons and then finally getting a chance to lift the Stanley Cup. So there's just so many great stories. Avalanche hadn't won, you know, in 21 years. 2001 beating the Devils in Game 7. Ray Bork lifting the cup last time that they won. And uh, the city loved it. Uh, it was a great, great experience for the Avalanche. So congratulations to them. I thought it was a great season for the National Hockey League, being able to award a third Stanley Cup during a pandemic, never easy. The pandemic reared its ugly head again on the very last day when Gary Bevin could not present the Stanley Cup because of uh, testing positive for COVID. But I felt so good for Bill Daly. I've known Bill for 20 years as the deputy commissioner of the National Hockey League. He's a Jersey guy and always easy to talk to, and he works his tail off, and he gets to award the conference trophies at the end of the season, but to finally be able to get the spotlight and handing that that uh, Stanley Cup over to Gabriel Landeskog was, I'm sure, a thrill for him. Uh, quick story, um, there's been a few times where I'll meet up with my friends over at a uh, Houlihan's, which is in Fairfield, New Jersey, on Route 46, the stones throw away from Willowbrook Mall, and a few times that I went there, Bill would be there because Bill lives in the area, and, and Bill... Um, would just go there and just sit and just watch hockey because they'd have all the hockey games on. He's just a huge hockey fan. He grew up in Kinelon, New Jersey, and just a really good um, good guy, good good Jersey guy, and um, I was really happy that he got a chance to um, hold that Stanley Cup and be able to present it. We, we hope that Gary is okay. Looks like he just um, tested positive. I haven't gotten any kind of word if he's got symptoms or if he's really sick, but uh, Jamie Hirsch, who you see on the NHL Network, also could not attend game six um, because she had tested positive so it sounds like there was a little mini spread between Denver and Tampa during the Stanley Cup finals and just another one of those you know just when you think you're kind of out of the woods that it's still a part of it but you know congratulations to the National Hockey League and all of sports that were able to be still be able to present these championships and to see a third cup lifted during this pandemic is eerie but also an accomplishment I think uh, for the league I thought I thought ESPN did a terrific job I, I really did throughout the playoffs and certainly during the Stanley Cup final all the games 
on ABC. I didn't get the number for last night, but the ratings have been good building at, during the course of this. And um, I think they did a great job. And I'll, I'll also give them credit, too, because I'm sure they're under a lot of pressure from the affiliates. But they stood and they hung with that ceremony for a long, long time. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, the one thing, and I've been very complimentary over the last two decades to NBC's coverage, but NBC would, you know, they'd cover the presentation, uh, hang around a little bit after, and then they would tell you to go to NBC Sportsnet for the rest of the celebration. Well, ABC could have done that too with ESPN, and they stuck with it. So I'm sure the affiliates who were dying to get to the news, because that game ended just a couple of minutes before 11 o'clock. Uh, on the East Coast, so I'm sure a lot of the affiliates were pretty excited about maybe getting their news at 11 o'clock, and then when 11.30 comes, and they still didn't get it because I thought ABC uh, did a tremendous job giving you what is the great pre- greatest presentation in sports. It's the greatest trophy in sports, but it's the greatest presentation because it is given to the captain. It's not given to the owner. It is presented usually, with the exception of last night, commissioner to the captain, and then the captain gives it to all the different players, um, usually in seniority or guys that maybe hadn't had a chance to win a Stanley Cup, getting a chance to touch it and skate around. Kind of stinks that it was on the road for for the Avalanche, but still, it was uh, great to be able to to lift that and and to see you know guys like Johnson to lift it and Landeskog who had been there for a long time, McKinnon. Um, just had to be just a thrill for all of those players. And then it gets to the coaches and the executives, but the guys that really went out there and won that championship are the first ones to get to touch the Stanley Cup. So I was glad that ABC was able to hang with that. You do kind of feel bad for Corey Perry. Uh, he does have a cup to his ledger, won it in 2007 with the Ducks, but you know, three straight years, three different teams, no rings as he lost with Dallas lost with Montreal and then he goes to Tampa the one that took the Stanley Cup championship chance away the previous two years thinking that maybe now I'll be able to get that first cup since 2007 and then loses a third consecutive time Pat Maroon string of three straight cups comes to an end I thought it was interesting afterward where he said he felt bad for the lightning um, more so than he felt bad for himself but that's kind of just typical hockey so um, just a, a great presentation a great series And now we move on to the draft, and now we moved on to see if the Colorado Avalanche can defend this Stanley Cup. When you look at the West, and we'll see what happens at the draft and any kind of trades and how things may take place, you gotta you gotta like Colorado's chances, right? You gotta think that they've got a chance to repeat. It's always very difficult to repeat. Uh, Just ask, um, you know, Tampa. They they won two in a row and almost had a third. But how difficult it is during the course of the regular season to be able to not only keep your players, but be able to keep everybody healthy. So it's still a good young core. I do think they need to address their goaltending at some point, even though it doesn't look like they need to at this particular point. But, you know, such a really good team, well-coached, well-managed by Joe Sackick. So every chance to get back to very, very difficult division. The Blues were the team outside of Tampa that tested them the most in the first three rounds by actually winning a couple of games. But Overall, just four losses for Colorado uh, during this run. But, you know, uh, will Edmonton be back, the team that they defeated in the conference final? Will Calgary be able to retool, I think, a better team than Edmonton and maybe would have given Colorado a better test in the Western Conference final? So 
Um, you, you know, Luke Richardson's in, in Chicago. How much longer before they start to be heard from again? Uh, St. Louis certainly isn't going anyplace. So uh, the Western Conference is going to be tough as it usually is. But uh, I think the Avalanche have an excellent chance to be involved in this conversation for some years to come. And, and later on in the week, we'll reconvene with this podcast on Wednesday. But we'll try to get EJ Raddick, who called it for uh, NHL International with Kevin Weeks and, and just get some thoughts on the offseason for Colorado, for Tampa, too. I mean, Tampa's got a very difficult division. Florida certainly is going to be back, um, and we'll see what direction they go into a Paul Maurice at the helm there, but still a tremendous amount of talent. I don't think the Rangers are going to be going anywhere. I think the Islanders could be back. So, you know, these two teams could be on a collision course again, or they could be just struggling to make the playoffs. I mean, that's how transient, transient this is in the National Hockey League and how much fun it's going to be uh, during this course of the offseason. So we're going to be uh, looking forward to that. Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. And uh, let's just dive in to David B. who says, was that it for this lightning core? It's a, it's a difficult question to answer as far as like what's going to happen as far as what Brisebois can do as far as keeping all of the players together. It's a tough you take a look at their salary cap uh, situation and how how and again we say circumvention of the salary cap again they didn't break any rules but i think everybody looks at their situation and says yeah they probably were able to circumvent it because of the kucherov injuries but you look at where we stand right now going into next season uh palat who was just so unbelievable for them remember he was left unprotected Seattle could have taken him. They took uh, Yanni Gord instead, and all Palat did was <laughs> score game-winning goals. I mean, that's all he did. Every goal that he scored was so huge, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Nick Paul, who was a great acquisition for them during the offseason, also uh, an unrestricted free agent. Um, Ruda is an unrestricted free agent as well. So they don't have anything to address in the immediate future. Uh, you've got Kalorn. Um, who's a free agent next year, really struggled, did not really supply a lot of offense for the team. So, you know, we'll see how they keep it together. But, you know, right now, Braden Point, who is not healthy in this postseason, under contract. Kucherov is under contract. Stamkos is under contract. Doesn't become an unrestricted free agent until after the 24-25 season. Um, Maroon, very affordable contract at just a million dollars, still under contract from next next year. Uh, Vasilevsky still... um, going to be on this team forever he's not an unrestricted free agent until after the 26 27 season so uh, i i think this core will be kept together um we'll see how it ends up working out trying to make some maneuvers because again they've had some breaks with the salary cap because of the injuries that they've had uh, but we'll see if they're going to have to make any tough decisions. We'll talk to EJ about that, hopefully, coming up on Wednesday. Yankee Penguins asks, Hey, Don, how do you think Cooper conducted himself after last night's game? It, with class, as I expected him to, as I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, show, that he had all of his assistants behind him in the press conference. He's a very cerebral guy. Um, you probably heard during the broadcast or had mentioned, or maybe you knew already, that he was going to be a lawyer. He kind of accidentally stepped into hockey, and he kind of treats things kind of as a lawyer. Um, sometimes not really showing his hand. He did show his hand after game four. I thought it was a mistake. He apologized for it afterward. But again, in the grand scheme of things, I think it was holding him to a much different standard because I've always had a lot of respect for him, and I do believe he's the best coach in the National Hockey League. And right on his tail certainly is Jared Bednar. 
Danny says, Denver last night was wild. Really appreciate this championship now that I'm older. Can the Avs repeat? They certainly can repeat. Tampa showed you that you can bring it back and that you can keep it together. And they're young. I mean, McKinnon's young. Landeskog is young. Rantanen's young. Um, certainly they have, you know, obviously with McCarr. Remember, Gerard is somebody that was a major part of this team that did not play for most of the postseason because of an injury. So he's going to be back and better. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the Avalanche to be able to win again. And you're not going to have to wait another 20 years for a championship. Uh, Jake says, imagine Colorado with a goalie like Igor. Scary thought. But see, that's the thing. When you talk about building a cup champion, is that usually great goaltenders, unless you get them early in their career like Shesterkin, they cost money. And if you can get away with goaltenders not making a lot of money and you can put more money into the team in front of them, we've seen in the past that you don't necessarily need the greatest goaltender in the world to win a cup. What you need is your goaltender to play great. And and Kemper certainly did and Franco's did when he was asked to come in and play. But when you've got that kind of firepower, when you've got... 18 skaters in front of your goaltender uh, that can play to the level of the avalanche do, I guess you don't necessarily need a guy to stand on his head. And that's what makes the Rangers kind of scary down the road. If they can put things together in front the way they did this year with a great goaltender, now you're talking about really building something together. You're talking about what Tampa's been able to do. Vasilevsky is a Vesna Trophy candidate every single year with superstar players in front of him. What do you do? You win 11 consecutive playoff series and back-to-back cups and three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. So, um, we'll, but, but you have seen that you don't necessarily have to have the greatest in the world in order uh, to make this um, happen. Uh, Kyle Hall says, what do you make of this Panarin nonsense? Well, the nonsense that Kyle's talking about, that there are rumors that Panarin could be um, traded and that there are rumors that he's not getting along with Chris Drury and all that. Listen, I, I can't speak to his relationship with Chris Drury. And Chris Drury wants to win. That's the great thing about Chris. He saw it as a player. You're seeing it now as an executive. Um, whether it's the Little League World Series, whether it's the Stanley Cup, he all he wants to do is win. So I don't know anything about a rift. What I do know is that the Rangers do have cap situations, and that's going to lead to people going, all right, who under contract could be moved? Well, let's try to move the guy that was a disappointment in the postseason. I think these are how the rumors begin. Panarin's contract is tough to move, all right? Uh, Whether Panarin was hurt, whether Panarin just had an off year, uh, the fact is is that they don't go to the conference final without his power play goal in Game 7 against Pittsburgh. And I realized he underachieved in the playoffs, but he didn't exactly kill you either. He was a good power play guy, just not very good five-on-five. But it's a difficult contract to move. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I can't speak to a rift. So when you talk about the nonsense, or even if you want to see him go, uh, I don't. I think they're going to have to make this work, and I think it will work. Um, he's a really, really good player that had a tough playoff series, and you kind of just fantasize about what would have happened had he played the way he played in the regular season, uh, in the postseason. Then you're talking about a team that probably is, you know, we're talking right now either playing a game seven of the Stanley Cup final or already won it. But we know how difficult that is. Um, in this National Hockey League to get everybody to play. Again, Kalorn's been a really good player for the Lightning and, and didn't score at all. I mean, it does happen sometimes. I'm not putting Kalorn at the same level of Panarin. He was a disappointment. I'm not trying to explain it away, but I'm just trying to give you the anatomy of a rumor. Rangers need cap space. Panarin was disappointing. 
he must be the guy that might be going. And so we'll talk more about that with EJ later on. Michael says, Bruins fan here. Thoughts on Cassidy in Vegas? Well, uh, they got themselves a really good coach. If you listen to any of the podcasts after Cassidy was fired, I still don't get what Cam Neely was doing. I still don't understand it. And then you find out that Bergeron's going to come back for another season in Boston, so I don't know why they wouldn't want to keep the band together to give it one more run there. I think that's a really good team. Again, I don't know the inner workings as far as how things go. I was shocked that Gallant was let go by Vegas. And sometimes coaches are gone, and you just look at what you know, and you say, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you find out later on it's probably a relationship thing or just trying to move in a different direction. But whatever it was, with Boston, it's going to be great for Vegas. Now, as a DeBoer fan, obviously, you don't make the playoffs in Vegas. It's kind of shocking because they always make the playoffs in Vegas, but I think DeBoer is going to do a great job in Dallas, and I think Cassidy's going to do a great job in Vegas, and I think the Golden Knights will be right back to the top spot in the Pacific Division this year once they work out all of their cap uh, situations. And it looked like they did uh, you know, make a bit of a maneuver and be able to get rid of Dadnoff, who they couldn't get rid of at the trading deadline and were able to move him during the offseason. So there will be cap relief, which was the real reason the Golden Knights were in the situation they were, basically going down to the final days of the season before they were eliminated. So it wasn't like it was a total waste of a season, but... Cassidy is going to benefit from all this, and I would think that when you start to prognosticate the top teams in the Pacific Division, whether it's Edmonton, whether it's uh, you know the uh, the Calgary Flames, that the Vegas Golden Knights will be part of that conversation, and um, Bruce is going to do a terrific job there in Vegas. All right, we'll be back with you again on Wednesday, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to EJ, his experiences of calling uh, the Stanley Cup Final, and um, what a great job. Um, he did during the course of that run, and we'll talk about some of the offseason stuff, get you ready for the draft, free agency, all that good stuff. So we celebrate the Colorado Avalanche. Congratulations to them. Want to reach out to me? The best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.